0: Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk.
1: Now it's arguably the most exciting sport of all, but for many investors in recent years, it's the most profitable sport of all. Formula One returns this Sunday in Bahrain with lights out at 3 p.m. But just how big is this business? Joining me now to discuss is the sports business columnist with the Irish examiner, Ian Mallon. Ian, how are you? Morning Bobby. What has Formula One done in recent years to increase the valuation of of the business? I believe it's gone from a valuation of something like 4 billion to 17 billion. Bobby, the growth of Formula
0: One in recent years, and don't forget, this was already a big sport. This was a big global sport from the 70s through the 80s and 90s with Senna and Mansell and all these guys uh, to what it is today. So you're right, absolutely. Initially, it was bought by Liberty Media Corporation in 2016 for a, a fee of $4.4 billion. <clears throat> and we'll use all our all our financials this morning in dollars. Um, <clears throat> Liberty Media itself only paid about three hundred and one million of its own cash into this. The rest of the deal was was made up of uh, debt and uh, uh, share options um, so for 370, $301 dollars to what it is today a seventeen point one billion dollar asset for Liberty Media is quite extraordinary. Liberty Media, just to put it in in, in some perspective, are the biggest sports owner in the world. They're way way and above ahead of uh, Cronky Sports and Entertainment, who are the second on on that list of 12700000000 billion. They're the owners of Arsenal, Los Angeles Rams, Denver Nuggets, and a number of other key US sporting assets. So you get get an immediate uh, idea of the scope and the scale of of, of Liberty.
1: No, I wanted to ask you as well, Ian, about the... Drive to Survive, which actually brought me back into watching a little bit of Formula One. That really has been pivotal, has it not, in terms of driving this business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the key here for how, how, how an asset can go from 4 billion to 17 billion. And it's very, very simple, really, in that uh, it was all down to marketing. And that marketing took two different strands. One was immediately after Eccleston was bought out and and CVC by Liberty, they uh, encouraged and freed up uh, the sport and its assets, its drivers, its teams to indulge more in social media. That immediately brought a lift. But you're right, the big, the key lift here was the drive to survive. And these guys were the, the, you know, these set the standard for what all other sports brands are doing now. And that's letting the cameras in and letting them have a look behind the scenes. Drive to survive, Bobby, lifted initially uh, viewers uh, the, the fan base of formula one from its old traditional petrolhead sort of audience to a a far uh, to about lifted it by about 28 percent. that figure now is about 50 percent up which is extraordinary on what is already as we said a large sport to lift uh to lift its audience by that much so therefore you can see how the values suddenly go up very quickly and how much the sponsorship values increase and are only increasing all the time by the way this year will be another pivotal year for sport for formula one and next year all these values will have gone up somewhat again
1: with this big growth then in viewers which has really really been very clever what about things like broadcast rights and sponsorship is there a parallel there in growth
0: There is, Bobby. So broadcast rights for, let's look at the U.S. market, which is the key market, by the way. When Liberty bought Formula One, they had to make F1 work in the U.S. And it was, uh, there was a passing interest in it for sure, where the broadcast rights there were about $5 million per year uh, initially with Liberty. And one of the reasons for that is because Liberty wanted to bring that to a larger audience. They made it free to wear. There was a number of rights acquisitions deal with uh, ESPN. That's now between seventy five and ninety million dollars. Still not huge when you consider the NFL uh, reaps eight point eight billion dollars per year on media rights uh, from so, all the various uh, uh, ne- uh, partner networks that it has.
1: So that's ninety million versus eight point eight billion for NFL. Ooh, which that's is a long way to go, no.
0: It, it, it is a long way to go, and but it's deliberately uh, increasing incrementally. They're not going to put it up to a huge amount until they have that audience built. Now, by the way, it's not that they're being shortchanged here. Uh, F1 gets about 1.1 billion uh, in sports rights globally, and that's across 65 different territories and countries and also a number of regions. So within that, within all the, the individual countries that would buy rights to it, there's a number of territorial deals, including Africa and Euro Asia is also listed there.
1: Tell us about the logistical side of things. It, 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 it seems to me to be a hugely expensive business at all sorts of levels uh, to get involved in. But the movement of 10 teams across 20 countries in nine months, all that R&D, all that specialist engineering stuff, it's got to cost a lot of money. Bobby,
0: we could be here till tomorrow talking about the logistical side. It's absolutely phenomenal and extraordinary. You're right, 23 23 different race venues, uh, 20 countries. The USA has three Grand Prix this year. That'll give you an idea of the size and the value of the U.S. market. Um, I saw a statistic there recently that uh, the average Formula One team will spend up to 10 days in the air traveling to and from different uh, venues over the next nine months. And the logistical detail of all that, bringing all that equipment and all that kit with them is an extraordinary uh, complex movement but it's one that's very simple as well because it's managed and done by DHL who are the best the of wor- the world at, at, at organising the, the logistics for these massive movements uh, for sports brands in particular
1: Finally can I ask you about the individuals uh, the drivers what is it 24 of them w- what's the upside for them again it seems huge <sighs> The upside is huge and you can break
0: sponsorship and you can break valuations in in, in Formula One or in any sport into two things, into the brand itself and then into the various teams and their assets, the players. So the players or the drivers in this case are extremely uh, well uh, sponsored. They're extremely valuable assets, particularly at the very top end where you have the Hamiltons and the Verstappens who are... Kind of <clears throat> on basic salaries, I will. I say basic salaries of about forty million dollars per year, uh, with bonuses on top of that, and then whatever their own personal um, uh, sponsorship uh, assets are worth. Obviously, they'll have their own sp- personal sponsorship deals, which don't clash with their teams or, of course, with F ones. So the value for these guys is, is is nothing short of extraordinary. But then again, they are putting themselves at risk, uh, at extraordinary risk as well. Um, and they're they're out there. They're probably you know they're they're overt sports stars who are. Putting their reputation and their talents on the line uh, in, in in the most uh, okay. you know microscopic way, let's say.
1: Well, look, it's a fascinating sport. Uh, it's a fascinating business of sport. And uh, Ian Malin, sports business columnist with the Irish Examiner. Thanks for joining us today. That's great. Thanks, Bobby. Down to business
0: with Bobby Kerr, brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at eleven on News Talk.